This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermova. Today in episode 176, I'm going to be talking about gamification in your homeschool. To start off, let me explain what gamification means. Gamification is not adding games to your homeschool. Now, it can be part of gamification, but it's not simply playing a board game, playing an online game, and that is not gamifying your homeschool. That is adding games to your homeschool, which is great and something I did a lot, but it's not what I'm talking about today. Instead, gamification is turning your homeschool or elements of your homeschool into a game. It fits most closely to video games the idea of gamification, but it could even be other types of games. So let me start off by saying I realized this was a good topic to talk to you about when I was exercising the other day. I was on Peloton and I do not love Peloton. It is useful when I can't go outside to take a walk, um, to get on the Peloton and I started off taking actual classes and then I got tired of that. Then I've moved on to just doing the rides through the countryside that you've got an option but just recently they added something new called lane break and I was really excited because basically it's like being in a video game and yes uh, even at my age I prefer things to be gamified and that's what Peloton has done so let me just explain you on the bike and there are in front of you six lanes and you choose at the beginning you know which which version you want, there's lots of different options, but just once you get in there, you're on the bike. The six lanes and you move your lane by moving the resistance. So it's, it's a button that's right there where you can grab it and you can move to the left and the right by, by doing that. And that's what I actually have the hardest problem is with, I mean to just go across one lane and I end up going over three because that's the kind of video games I'm not really good at. But what is so cool is that you you can you get a score. And as you go along, you've got various different things that you can ride over. You could also change lanes. Um, when sometimes they give you, for example, um, little elements that you have to like ride over that are just giving you, uh, as, as you're riding, you just get it. It's nothing really special you have to do. And they'll, they'll have it in two different lanes. And you can choose, do you want to have the left lane or the right lane? And the more right that you go, the higher the score you get, because that's when the resistance actually gets harder. So if I'm feeling like I'm up to it, I will turn to move into the more right lane and get a higher score that way. It also keeps track as to how many of the elements that you can get scoring elements that you've actually uh, taken advantage of. So it will tell you at the end that you've managed to do 96% of it or 97%. I have not yet managed to get 100%. 
So at this stage, I'm just trying to actually manage to go over all the different obstacles that are kind of placed in my way, which these obstacles you want to go over. There's, there's not like a negative impact. One of the things that you get to do is that um, some of the, 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 the uh, bands, you have to be within a certain um, output. So you can't be too low or too high. So you, you can't overdo it, but you also can't underdo it. And so you really just like trying to keep that uh, steady pace. And then another one allows you to go as fast or as hard as you can and you trying to like uh, charge a battery up. It's just like a little battery and it shows you you've just got a short period and during that time you've got to charge it and you can actually get extra if you do extra well. And it's all very visual and it's all there watching so that I can watch what I'm doing. And uh, I don't do it every time I ride, but it's a nice distraction and I try and do better than I did the time before and I can see exactly what I need to do. And this is the kind of thing you can do in your homeschool. Before I go into just sort of more specifics, let me just say, we did something like this with my younger son. It's my husband's idea, not mine. But when we gamified his life, well, at least an hour of his day, when I was trying to work, I had um, his younger brother was around and when his younger brother was sleeping, I needed my, I think he was then sort of three or four year old to be occupied because I was working as a program at home and I needed to get some work done. And he just wanted me to be involved all the time. So this wasn't a very techie version. Today, I'm going to talk about using tech to actually gamify, which is why it fits in with our podcast. But we put him in our sitting room where he couldn't see me. I was like in the sunroom. And, but, you know, he was close enough that he could get to me if he needed to. And we gave him something that he could do by himself. So it was Legos, things like that. And the first day he had to stay there for five minutes. And if he made it, he like got a star on the chart. And the next, that whole week he had to just sit there for five minutes without bothering me playing with the things I'd given him. The next week we went, if he managed the whole week, which he did apart from the very first week where he didn't manage it. After that, he always did. He got uh, a prize and the prize would be something again, like a puzzle book or um some other piece of Lego or something that he could then use the next week. And it worked so well. So basically we gamified that hour and he would get a star as long as he sat five minutes extra every week. So it was five minutes the first week, 10 minutes the next week. And so he kind of leveled up each week until he got all the way to being able to sit through a full hour. And then we bought him like some big building thing that you could keep busy with by that stage he'd actually learned it's quite fun sitting by yourself and playing and the problem had gone away but just as I was enjoying as I said playing playing lane break I started to think why this worked for me and why it can work for your children you know the first thing is sometimes it's just good for your kids to be able to see how they are doing in a visual fashion and you obviously need to somehow other track these scores. Now, this doesn't mean you have to gamify every single part of your homeschool, but depending on the age, you can think through particularly the pain points in your homeschool and think how you can turn this into a game that they can win rewards, perhaps they level up. You can decide which elements of gaming that you want to add to it so that instead of it just always being a chore to do things, they can actually see the fun in it because they're going to be earning something that will get some type of a reward. So one of the things which I like, like in lane break is that you can see ahead. So I could always plan ahead. And so that's where you do want your kids to know exactly what the plan is. You've got to, I knew what I'm aiming at. I could also, when I'm in on that lane, I can see, oh, on track three, there's going to be some scorable items. I'd know I need to move across so I can score those. I also learned that for me, the, the scoring lasted 
you know, if I'm writing a 20 minute ride, 20 minutes and the last bit doesn't have anything that you can score. So I know that I can't just leave it the last and then work like crazy. It's not going to work like that. So it's the same thing as you're planning your, your gamification out. You want your child to know this is going to last a semester. It's going to last the year. It's going to last the month. Um, and so they realize that if they miss some things and perhaps some things will only be valid for a week, they know then they've missed it and they're not going to be able to go back. And this is something that is real to life. You know, it's not just games, but sometimes if you don't do something in enough time, you never can go back and do it again. So it's a good life skill to actually learn. What you do want is you want to have specific tasks that can get points. So on Peloton, I know that if I do this, I earn this. And some tasks earn more points than other tasks. And as I said, if I went into the right, more right-hand lanes, I would get more points than if I went into more left-hand lane, which was easier. And I could decide what I wanted to do. Um, I could work out my own strategy as to what was the best way for me to get points without burning myself out literally and this is something else that as you sort of give you options to your child let them sit and strategize and decide what they would like so let's look in more detail as to how this can look in your homeschool you can have any item that earns points you you know you can add chores in here i know when i did it with my young i did this with my youngest daughter when she was in eighth grade and then um, in ninth as well I would put some of the some chores on and more it was like if she did all the chores without me nagging she got points so she didn't get points for doing the chores but it was the attitude so if there was no complaints no reminders she got the points um, but then I wanted her to go above and beyond and I knew she wouldn't just do this by herself so I gave her options if she read extra books she got however many points we did everything on, on points if she went onto vocabulary.com, I realized that a good vocabulary was essential to be able to write good essays, which helps you to get scholarships, to do well on the SAT and ACT, um, for AP English, for your college essay, your essays when you get to college, et cetera. You need good vocab. So vocabulary.com is a website that's free. If you're doing it online, you pay a small amount if you use the app. And um, at that stage, the website was, the app was free, I think, but I would have bought it for her anyway, because just let her do it in off moments. But you earn points as you as you work through vocabulary.com. So I could take those points and give my own point value to it because they were like, you know, 100,000 points or something. And she's not going to earn that in mine. But I would say, you know, for every thousand points you've got on vocabulary.com, that earned 10 points in my version of my game. Khan Academy has points too. If you sign up as a teacher, not for all the activities, but all the math kind of related ones, you can actually see how they're doing. And as they achieve things, you give them, you take those points. Prodigy Math, I think it does as well. Duolingo, Duolingo, we, it was also an option. And then I also gave her points if she got all her math right first time round. This might sound harsh. Um, if you have a child that struggles with math, she didn't struggle when she concentrated. When she didn't concentrate, she would mess up a lot because she wasn't trying. And then I'd have to grade it and then she'd do it again. And then I'd have to regrade it and it was a waste of my time. So I knew that if I attached some reward to her focusing, she did a whole lot better. And that was faster for her because she got through the work quickly and it was faster for me. So that's why I'm saying, you know, what you give points for might not be what I give points for. You need to sit and think, what do you want to encourage in your homeschool? And as I said, you know, even like chores, I didn't give points for her doing the chores. It was her attitude. That's what got her the points. You want to lay it out carefully. Now, 
obviously this is going to work for younger kids and for older kids, particularly for teenagers who don't seem to remember anything. You want to actually list their tasks and you want to list um, you know, exactly what they have to do. If you're working with teens and if it's younger kids, you may want to actually do this on paper or to write it up and then print it out. But for older kids, you might also want to keep adding to it. Use something like Padlet or Wakelet that allows you to visually, those are like pin boards, but visually pin up what, you know, what the different items are. Trello is another good one to have lists and tell them what they're going to earn. But just, you know, um, Google is also a, a good one that you could use to keep track as to what's going on because you're also going to, you're going to want to tell them what the tasks are. You're going to want to keep track of what they're earning. And I use Google Sheets because you can get that on your phone, you can get that um, on your laptop, and your child can be sharing that. You can, you know, if you think they're going to cheat, well, you can see. I assume you realize that on Google Sheets, if somebody makes a change, you can go back and see what they've done. But, um, you know, you can otherwise just give them view only and not give them edit capabilities. But you want them to be able to at any point go and see how close am I to a reward? How close am I to whatever it is that, you know, that you know, maybe you've got levels or whatever, however you're setting it up. And so you want to be able to give them access. So if they are on a computer, give them access to wherever you are telling the points. Because they can also come and say, hey, you forgot this. You know, you can let them self-report if you trust them to do that. Um, or, you know, you come and verify after they've put it down, however you, you, see, you want to do it. But if it's going to be like a physical items they can, they can select, you may want to put those, as I said, like in a visual format. So it, let me explain. In my writing fund class, Funder Fund Academy, our show sponsor, uh, I teach the writing fund class for middle schoolers there, fifth through eighth grade. I gamified that because it's meant to be writing fun. I'm trying to make everything about writing fun. So we've both got zany topics to write about, but also just the whole process of turning your work in on time. Students get points for doing the work. If they do it on time, they get an extra point. And at the end of the semester, or as soon as they want, they can turn their points in for rewards. And I have, we have Google Sheets that tracks their rewards at any given point, they can go and see how they're doing. And then we have a Padlet that actually has the, um, the different items that they can win. They're on Amazon. And as they choose something, I just like literally ship the prize off to them. So if that works well for your kid, you sign them up for the class, we, we have a lot of fun together. But you can do that. You know, you can have the pictures so they know exactly what it is that they're going to be getting. They can keep going back and have a look at it, drool over it, and then go and do some tasks to earn some points. Uh, we also, and another class, actually a high school class that has some gamification in it is our personal finance class. I actually use a tool um, that was developed initially, I think by H&R Block, but it's called Budget Challenge. And for 10 weeks, students have to sort of play at being an adult. They get points just for going in and checking whether they have bills or anything each day. So it's again, that idea of just doing a task gets them some points. They get points for paying their bills on time. They get points for, you know, if they've noticed um, a couple of the bills are incorrect and if they've actually checked them um, and they go and they query it, they get extra points for that. Uh, there, are, there are trophies along the way that they can win if they've like paid all the bills on time and if they haven't abused their credits and I've gotten the different ones. Uh, and it's just, it's just a fun way for most of the semester to actually live a bit of life as they will as an adult and see how well they will do in a gamified fashion just to make it a bit more fun. So, you know, there are points and we give extra credit to whoever ends up with the most points 
in the game, which uh, they play, as I said, most of the semester. Um, you don't, you know, how exactly you're going to gamify it is up to you. It can be really simple that you can simply say, here are different items. These are the 10 ways, five ways, or whatever it is, or just even if it's one thing where you can earn points and then you decide what the reward is going to be. And, you know, you can make the reward anything you like. It's it's it could be the fact that they get to do an hour less of school. Probably that's not going to work so well. But it could be that you know you have um, if they love playing board games, maybe you do an hour board games on a Friday, or you know maybe you take them for an ice cream. Um, when I zoomed with my daughter, she was an eighth grader who was suddenly needing a lot of things and wanted money. So hers was literally it related to money. As I said, writing fun class. It's, it's actual prizes that, you know, um, I actually put up there and different depending on the, the value of the prize, depending on how many points they need to get. So you can make it as, as simple or as complicated as you wish. Um, I know a friend of mine, because once I did it and was very successful, a lot of my friends copied me, but one of them, her, her daughter really loved Doctor Who. And so when she got a certain number of points, her mom told her she was going to get a Doctor Who t-shirt. And, you know, it's, it's whatever. I mean, if it might be a date night with her father, might be the real special thing for your daughter or son. And it's just whatever they actually would value and will work for you to give them. So, so it doesn't even really have to cost you money. It might actually just be an activity, you know, an extra trip to the park or something like that that you give them. Um, you, could, you could change it up a bit and say do a bingo board. Uh, and if you listen to last week's episode um, on Canva, you can create a bingo board easily on Canva. But you could have, I know a lot of the reading programs will do this, where I've seen where you've got to like, you, you've got different options. So you can like say, read a historical novel, you could read a book set in a foreign country, read a book about a sport, read a nonfiction book, and you have, you know, each thing on the bingo boards like that. And your child has a look and chooses what how they're going to get their bingo and then you could say when you get a bingo then you're going to get this price so it might not even be points it could just be like that literally you could have bingo boards and then you could have a new bingo board once they've solved that one you can give them a new one with different challenges and that might be especially for younger kids that might be the best way to do it and it could be just literally as i said related to reading getting them to read extra it's you can just start this slowly and then slowly sort of add in more gamification elements as you go along. Uh, you could also have like different categories. So you could have a whole lot of different categories and they've got choices as to what they do in each category. So you may have one in each different subject, like history, geography, whatever. And under history, they could choose to, you know, read a book, make a website, make a poster, um, what, whatever you want them to do, holds the different options. And once they've done two of those, they get, they come to you and you give them a little token or you put the token, a digital one, on a you know google sheet whatever you're using to keep track and once they get five different tokens or a token of each different color whatever it is then they get a prize so you give them different ways of earning it um you know and you can change this from year to year you know so one year you you do it categories another year you do it bingo another year you do it points it, it just doesn't matter. And perhaps, you know, if your kids are gamers, you can see which games do they like and find something that mimics the type of game that they play. 
you could have them leveling up. I have not done that in, in any way I've gamified, but I, I listen to teachers who are doing this. But leveling up would say give them new powers so that, you know, you start off at level one and then maybe if you level up to level two, then that perhaps means that one day during the week, they're allowed to wear their PJs all day. Well, until you go out to the store, but during, you know, the day time. Or, um, you know, another power might be that one day a week you make the bed for them. <laughs> they can ask that, or maybe it's once a month, or but whatever. Something that they get like a special privilege um, because they have leveled up, that they get to do something that they didn't get to do before. Maybe it's like when they reach level five, you know, they get to stay up an extra 15 minutes during uh, the week or maybe just one day of the week, whatever. There's so many different ways you can encourage your child to do things through gamification. So I hope this has given you some ideas. And I said, you know, you don't have to do this in a techie fashion, but it's just so much easier. And apart from anything else, if you have more than one child, you're going to probably forget what you've done. But if you've actually got it all digitized, you've got it all ready to go with the next one. Or if you've got more than one, you know, you just get an easy way to keep track. And something you can keep track of, you know, if it's on your phone, you can just keep track wherever, wherever you are, your child can be working, show you what they've earned, you can update it. Um, and as I said, as they get to be teens, because this works just as well, if not better with teens than with younger kids, they can keep watching and seeing how close they are to the next reward. I just found this, it took me a long time, my last child before I'd really, I realized this, I found that this idea of rewards and gamifying homeschool worked so much better than the nagging and consequences. Not to say that there aren't sometimes times for consequences. I, I know sometimes that has to be the fact. But this took a lot of the, the nagging out of our homeschool by instead of like saying, come on, why did you make so many mistakes today? Saying, if you get this all correct today, I'm going to give you these extra points. Because suddenly she had a reason to focus and do well. Um, and it just worked around for, for all of us. And of course, even in real life, we know that when you try harder for something, it does, it is actually um, more rewarding for you because, you know, I think she felt better about getting it done first time around and it's, it's better for her who's doing the work for her as well. I hope you found this useful. If you did share this with a friend, um, share it on social media, give us a rating and review, really would appreciate that. Come and join our Facebook group, the Homeschooling with Technology podcast community on Facebook, as I said. And join us again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.